Welcome to Iona, a podcast delving into mystery and feminine systems, ancient, modern, and conceptual. I am Allie Kessler, currently a student and a seeker of rhythms, both cosmic and earthly. And I'm Anne-Marie Vivienne. I'm a writer, poet, theoretical naturalist, and a mystic interested in decomposition, beauty, and resonance. Welcome, we are in episode five, season three, Scorpio season, and um, we are recording on the night of November 1st, which in the Celtic spirit will is the new year, and so happy new year. Happy new year. And they call it, how do you pronounce it? Sawin. Sawin. Um, which is like a very thinned veil time to the spirit world. And yeah, so it's, um, it's time to reconnect with ancestors, yeah. invite them in, um, share of your abundance with them, clear up any, clear up anything. Or, um, I like to see it as for me personally, you just, Tapping into some DNA that right. I'm not maybe aware of and asking them to reveal to me some of that. Yeah. And astrology-wise, I feel like all of the water signs are veils to different realms or like portals mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. And the Scorpio one in, in that construct <laughs> is sort of like the very still deep waters where you can see down into like really um, ancient ruins, but metaphor for things like we've really hidden deep within us that might be resources we haven't really um, brought out or that we've forgotten about somewhere. and as a connection to the realm of the dead, doesn't have to be ancestors. Um, but I think there is this tie-in to uh, haunting versus honoring, which mm-hmm. is interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Something I read in the, I can't remember which card it was from, but I think it was in the Wildwood Tarot. Um, that talks about, I hope I'm not wrong on where that came from, but anyway, it was one of my tarot decks. One of my many tarot decks that Allie played with. Um, if you are feeling haunted by something, mm. there might be something you're not honoring when you can honor some sort of mm. past thing, some sort of stuck thing which I think in a way is also just witnessing that haunting feeling will go like kind of dissipate especially if it's not wanted that's interesting uh somehow I'm just like ah I feel like somehow there is a continuum between things that are haunting you and things you're longing for Mm -hmm. yeah I agree with that Mm -hmm. Um, okay, we'll dive in. We picked a card, so we'll springboard off of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, we last season, Libra season, we switched to the 
um, Priestesses of Light Oracle Guide book. So we have a new priestess this season. Um, and we're not at the, right at the beginning of we're a little bit solar season. We've both been really, really busy. So, um, but you know, beginning of November, that's fun. Yeah. And the new year. And the new year of the Celtic. Well, yeah. So, so we're, we're here. here. <laughs> so we picked the Priestess of Courage, which I feel like we all need some of that in Scorpio season. <laughs> I for sure. For sure. Okay. So strength, fierceness, and family. The lion looks ahead to the time before him with a tranquil courage, ready for anything. He reveals that an important event is on the horizon for you. A situation may require that you summon up your courage and perhaps even take a few risks. The lion is known as the king of beasts. Uh, the situation facing you might involve direct action or strong communication of some sort. You must have the courage to express your truth and make your destinies known. Oh, sorry, desires known. And to take action on your own behalf, no matter what or whom you're dealing with. The word courage comes from the French word for heart. This card is telling you that even if you have felt uncertain or frightened in the past, you now have the strength of heart to face your life with self-actualized clarity. Whether it's regarding a relationship or a situation at work or at home, the action you engage in or expression of your truth now will be blessed by the purity of your own divine heart. The lion is a social animal that lives in family groups, so on a practical level, this card may be sending you a message regarding that experience. You may need to care for a family member or encourage them to take greater care of themselves. A new member of the family may also be coming your way. Um, affirmation, I bring the courage of my soul to all the issues of my life. I stand in my true power now and always. Woo, so. Power. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, I like that it says the courage of my soul. Yeah into the issues of my life. It's like that water connection to me is very soul oriented. Um, courage in the soul. I always feel the soul as like something more nourishing and uh, soft and gentle, but actually this is making me think about it in a little different way hmm. of like, I don't know. There are soul journeys, soul development that are not like, um, walks in the park. <laughs> no, they're not. No, they're, like, not. they're not. They're not straightforward. I feel like they are, they, they are, it is the, and it takes dark. courage to develop, to develop your soul. I feel like we work so much on developing ego and so, soul development mm. kind of gets overlooked it for sure gets overlooked yeah. and I I don't know I think so there's something interesting about this lion like I feel like the lion and courage I always relate to Leo but in this context it's sort of like a soul development context which is like that scorpionic courage of like going into 
these unfaced places. The place, well, in places of depth, right? Yeah. So, like, I feel like as you were reading that, and we read this beforehand too, but this, so the second time that Allie was reading through it, as you're all hearing it, what kind of stood out to me, you know, and it talks a lot about that family piece, mm-hmm. and to me, it, you know, but also mentions right at front, you know, like taking risks. And I think yeah. personally, what was coming through for me was this like, this isn't about biological family, it's about soul family. Mm-hmm. And the courage to like, I think often, whether you're talking about biological family or even just like, you know, people often nowadays talk about their tribe or whatever. And yeah. it's like the obvious people who share things in common with you or whatnot. But it's like, for me, what this is asking is like going beyond either those biological ties or those more obvious ties and going deeper into the soul and finding like taking risks and because ultimately right what all of our basic fundamental fears are around are around abandonment not belonging not being accepted um not being valued within a community and i feel Mm. like the soul work having courage to develop your soul feels like brings the right alignments brings right alignments but at maybe perhaps the cost of biological ties or societal ties Mm -hmm. you know whatever ties you have whether it's for your work or your I don't know it's just taking risks to go to live a life of soulfulness yeah, it does, re- like, going into the deep places does require a certain courage that, um, aligning to our truth, yeah, can cause casualties that are really tough to accept or face. Yeah. 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 And that lion is fierce in that so yeah I love this idea of channeling the lion for Scorpio I do too yeah reclaiming it for Scorpio (laughs) bring some heart into Scorpio Um, (laughs) but also the very last line of that affirmation I stand in my true power now and always and Scorpio is about power and it gets um like power gets corrupted so easily because of a lack of soul development Mm -hmm. It's when you go into these deep places where deep resources live and there's a lot of temptation around how to use resources you gain access to, even if uh, it means manipulating or oppressing or suppressing or repressing or abusing. If you understand the benefit and the lore and the power that can come with resources, it's really easy to corrupt how those flow and how you channel them. Mm. And so I feel like that lion, there's like this inner light that it brings of like making sure you're staying true to power. There, I mean, it brings up that word purity, and you don't yeah. often put together the words purity and power. No, no. <laughs> um, 
But to me, when I think about Scorpio and power and depth and soul, um, but especially this, you know, Scorpio and power, um, it always works out for the best karmically, whether it's this lifetime or a next, um, if it's about empowerment and not just power. Yeah. And empowerment, I think, goes... That empowerment can't just be yours. If you're empowered, you're empowering others. Yeah. To me. And so it's like... Knowing how to use resources that someone gives you access to that's theirs to help them that helps you. Like, it's a win-win. Right. Which, but it's really easy to like, yeah, manipulate. I feel like that, that word, that phrase, an idea of win-win, definitely gets abused. It gets in so our abused. Capitalistic yeah. consumer economy, like win-win. Yeah, you know. Like, uh, yeah, there's some there's some weirdness around that, but but I feel like there is. I mean, I think the reason people attached to that so much is because we know at a soul level there's something to it but I feel like the way it usually plays out in our culture is that there's some manipulation and mm-hmm. and some uh, dishonesty around that but I do think ultimately yeah. it, we know that it's possible and we all want that but I do like that idea of empowerment when it comes to cultivating power that it's this in the same way, I've been reminding myself a lot lately uh, when I get into mentalities of fear or scarcity, especially around uh, fundamental things like love, like just reminding myself again and again, like there is an abundance and love multiplies. Like mm-hmm. there's not a limit to love and I'm just, it's, I feel like it's, exactly the same with power of like there's not a limit to it and so when you're cultivating it there should be this empowerment of all who are around you so as if you're doing a real soul abuses come from fear you know oh always always (laughs) Always fear is yeah if the if the if it's rooted in fear and scarcity of like yeah uh power you know and that's where it gets to become a problem of um people hoarding power and resources um, rather than trusting that the more they give, the more they will receive, right? Right. And not understanding that concept. And so when a lot of times I feel like in our culture, when people are talking about win-win, they're not really. And they're still coming from a place, a mindset of fear and scarcity. And really all they're thinking about is themselves and their own bottom line and it's just a sales tactic really let's be honest (laughs) but I do feel like when you bring in that purity yeah and that trust and getting I mean the root of reality is there should be enough and more for all of us and so if you are coming from a place of trust and I hate using the word abundance but here it is but there's enough. That there's right. enough for us that you can really empower people. And Well, and I think that that purity attached to power, when we step from 
Libra that's about balancing the scales and equality into Scorpio. Sorry, can't speak right now. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know why. Um, <laughs> might have had a glass of wine or two. <laughs> Just added myself with my yeah, slur. We're all there. Um, that's where we're at right it's now. It's not that bad. We're kidding. Um, <laughs> we're just lightweights. No, but I think there is a step from equalizing into equity mm. in Scorpio that's mm-hmm. a little bit more intimate and a little mm-hmm. bit more ooh, courageous, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's hard to sometimes break out for, from the tit to tat. Like, yeah finger pointing I did this you did that to being like you know what I just do have this to offer and this person doesn't and that's okay because I everyone deserves equal respect you know for whatever it is that they offer even if it doesn't amount to the same thing in your your eyes in yeah. some mystical, watery, soulful way. Yeah. It does end up empowering the whole when everyone just gives what they what they can can and are capable of and good at and have the resource of. Well, I think that's the that's the courage of it. It's the courage of it's it. It's because like you trusting. can't see how it's going to impact you because yeah. you might be offering up something to someone or something that obviously yeah. does not have the capability to engage in that exchange and yet you have the courage to do it anyway knowing that however and whenever it comes back around it will come back around yeah and if you do have a plentiful resource and not everyone is giving the same way of that resource, it's, there's trust to have there because it can absolutely get abused by people if you're just giving of it because you have it you know and there's a community effort there's a shared effort that's needed with Scorpio and that makes it really complicated I feel like on a a personal level yeah (laughs) uh, I feel like what I'm learning because in many ways in the past few weeks it's come up people have reflected back to me you know I'm a person with a very open heart and have, and because of that have, have uh, welcomed in a lot of hurt and mm-hmm. betrayal um, and, and with that comes learning, you know, yeah. I am learning but I feel like when it comes to offering things that you can give I'm learning personally that it's things I want to give right. and, to, and not that I, and I don't if there's no this like there isn't this false sense of shoulds or questions around worthiness or like, oh, I should just be lucky that this person is even asking of my gifts. You know, now it's just like, no, I want to give my gifts here Mm -hmm. in this context with these people. Whereas before it was just like, well, people are asking, so I should just say yes no matter what. And now it feels like the exchange is simply that even if it's not apparent what the return or the exchange will be, but it's bottom line like something I want to do and something I want to give within a context that I believe in. Yeah. 
versus just feeling obligated. Yes. I feel that same way energetically. It's not a specific heart or mind or creative thing for me. It's just like a general openness of boundaries. And the last couple of years, you know, I did have that reflected back to me a couple of years ago in an intense way. And I've been really working on boundaries and it was weird. I just like got to this point very recently where I'm like, it is more exhausting to me to try and put up boundaries against this resource I, I feel like is a resource. And it's just suffocating me. And I'd rather, what I learned, like initially I was like, I'd rather just deal with the traumas that come my way with those open boundaries. But what I've been learning is like, it's not boundaries around my energy I need to work on, it's boundaries around the environments I've put myself in, or a more channeled and um, aware, awareness of this very open boundary I have, and so being aware of where I place myself. Instead of being aware of my boundaries, I just need to be aware of where I allow myself to go because of those and it feels so much more but I think that's the maturity of understanding your resource and how you give it give it or use it or offer it or exchange with it is like there is this thing with Scorpio where I feel like it's the plumbing we go down and we see how our resource you know in this scenario it's water is leaking or clogged and that's a regular practice you have to kind of keep up on and you do have to channel it but you shouldn't if you feel it's like your resource you shouldn't be damming it up you know or like clogging it up and I was doing that and I felt that way and I just realized like no I need to give this I just need to know how to channel it better that's a really good I feel that same the way you just articulated yeah. it, I'm like, yeah, I can give a big amen to that. I, just, <laughs> I do want to have a big open, open heart, heart and give yeah. what I can give, but now I have definitely like put a boundary you're in the aware environment. You're that it's open, yeah. so you're more aware if there's yeah. something in the environment that you need to move away from. Yeah. Because there's access, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... Yeah, that's, I feel like a big lesson coming through right now. (laughs) And I feel like, does, I feel like with this courage, with courage, like what goes hand in hand with that is trust. Yeah. And it's just like, I think because you and I have both been so open in all environments before and have been hurt betrayed whatever it is that happens and now Mm -hmm. we've like okay (laughs) we don't want to damn it up and so there does there is a a level of courage to be like okay yeah I can still use this resource and let it flow and trust that now that I know that I'm putting it in the right environment it's going to be okay but there's still I don't know there's still trust in that yeah for for me there's still a little bit of like oh my god (laughs) like is this going to backfire like it did so many times I mean it's a lifelong learning process you know there's still 
lessons I'm sure to come in all of those books. I think that's what's so interesting. You know, this idea of standing in your own power that yeah. I think often we, you know, the visual of standing is this kind of stillness, but really with that, there's a flow to it. Yeah. And it's like letting that power come in and out of you, like a really yeah. healthy, well, and you think of the heart, it's this thing that pumps and gets the circulation um, going, you know? Yes. Um, flow. I was just reading in one of my psychology classes, um, personality psychology, I was talking about some of the old timey greats, but there was a piece that, you know, like a lot of psychology is trying to just uh, block these old timers and say they were worthless. <laughs> but there are these nuggets that come through that feel so, um, you know, it's hard to empirically test some of these things, but they just feel so wise. Um, but there was a comment, and I wish I could remember which branch and from what time this came from. It might have been humanistic psychology, which is kind of making it come back through positive psychology. I think it was humanistic psychology. Um, but there, there was a perspective about that flow state mm. and it was, it, it hit the nail on the head for me because I've, we've all experienced that. And this was just like a little tip that I don't know for me personally, it made sense of like, yeah, I think that makes sense for me of like, the times I felt the flow that maybe those elements were in play where a skill is equally met by a challenge mm. and it puts you by kind of forcing those two things into interaction. It can put you into like a really deep flow state. So it's not at like an easy, just zone out on Netflix type thing. Like there is something that's, well, it requires you it to requires focus. It requires you to focus, yeah. Mm. And I love, yeah, I love that thought that there is like, yeah, a challenge that comes with the flow. Yeah. But not that overwhelms you, you know, like it's like an equally met right. to what you're capable of. Right. It will, it will just draw out those things in yeah. you that have been latent. It yes. kind of gets them moving again. And so there's... I feel like it takes effort because it's you're getting over an inertia of these yeah. latent powers within you just being so stagnant, and then all of a sudden the challenge comes and it wake it, it wakes them up. Right. And so it's like a little rusty, a little this, yeah. and so it takes some focus and some attention. But I'm starting to, you know, like I really do, and I think maybe I have to go through this of like working on my personal boundaries. But I think it like killed me in certain ways. Mm. And I'm opening them back up and I feel those flow states coming back. And I have felt them sort of like deplete over the past two years. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that working on boundaries was kind of a misguided thing because it's not my natural thing to be boundaried. Well, I think that's what's so hard about this concept of boundaries and the yeah. way we talk about it sometimes is it yeah. ends up being this like wall building yeah, rather than it being this like porous biological mm -hmm. 
a live thing. It becomes yeah. this very concrete. I don't know. Yeah, and it does. It just ends up blocking the flow. Yeah. So I've been feeling opening them up again and putting them myself out there with them open is putting me up against challenges where I'm seeing that I can meet. Yeah. And just, I don't know, there's just more awareness. I think I had to go through that too, to just like understand, um, I don't know, to understand what my boundaries meant and didn't mean to me. Well, I think often too, like our boundaries, that we put up that become walls and block the flow again coming from a place of fear and it's this it's the fear of i feel like these very scorpionic themes right these fears of things that are inevitable of like being hurt you know death taxes you know like these things that we have to deal with (laughs) those are our journeys yeah and it's so i feel like sometimes our boundaries are put up in an attempt to prevent ourselves from we needing to meet those things where it's like we're gonna meet those things and I feel like that's what this season always reminds me of is like there's no escaping these things we're afraid of and so we might as well let it all flow Mm -hmm. and some things will die along the way like so right right yeah, and you get, you know, you mature and you wise up as you go through experiences. And I know that there's certain red flags that I see more easily now that I'm just like immediately going to remove myself because I know that I don't have the defenses, but I do have the choice to not be around it. Yeah. You know? Which is an empowering thing. Which is an empowering thing. That you have a choice. I, I think that's... Choice. Whereas like mm-hmm. me working on my boundaries would have kind of challenged myself to be in that circumstance and it was like uh there's like a lot of pent-up kind of frustration around that of like trying to be like well I can be around all the things now because I'm working on these really tough strong boundaries and resilience and it's like I'm I am higher plasticity than resilience Mm. and that's just, you know, everyone's different on that scale. Yeah. And so I just have to work on my environments rather than my toughness. Yeah. And that's just me. Yeah, no, I feel the same way. And I think most, I actually, I don't know, most people probably. <laughs> I don't know. I think we, we overemphasize a need to be tough in yeah. our culture. You know, like what, um, there's this phrase I've been seeing a lot lately and I saw it as like a bumper sticker on a car somewhere. I don't know if you've seen this, but it's this phrase, but did you die? So it's this concept of like doing hard things, you know, pushing yourself, you know, like you, and I think it's normally associated with like fitness, you know, like pushing the limits of your physical body and you, and then you like achieve some great thing you never thought you could and and you thought you were gonna die, it was so hard, but you pushed through. Thanks. No, exactly, exactly, and that's that's. I'm like what? But I feel like there's this. We have this. I mean, maybe of, I do that with different things, but no, yeah, I think there's I this. Know. But that's what I'm saying is like we have these this weird concept of right. boundaries and toughness. That like boundaries are supposed to somehow uh, perpetuate some kind of toughness, 
like I've got a boundary here uh, girlfriend no thank you you know it's just like and I feel like this accepting that like maybe I I don't want so many boundaries I want to flow is a much more feminine yeah. soft way of not and not it's not about like pushing it's not about pushing the limits of death and yeah it's about just being vulnerable I think there's yeah. a big difference between pushing yourself in a way that's yeah. about proving toughness yes. versus just being soft and vulnerable. Yeah. Slightly related, maybe a little different, but I do. Um, and just to uh, cover my bases, <laughs> like... <laughs> There are different ways of defining resilience, but there's this huge resilience movement, which is sort of about what I gather, kind of like toughening up, and um, I take offense with it, honestly, because like I don't consider myself resilient, and I don't consider myself needing to train in toughness and resilience. Like I like my softness, I like my flow, my gentleness, my femininity. Your vulnerability. And to me, that resilience, that toughness, there's a pro and a con with either. I don't think, I think there are people who are naturally resilient and that's beautiful. And there's people who are naturally, um, who have like high plasticity, high, high plasticity, which is me. And that's beautiful. Like just live your truth. But to try and force everyone to be resilient, I don't think is doing favors to a lot of people yeah. that that message is coming through on. And I'll get to maybe a different definition of resilience that I think is okay or better at least. Um, but to me, resilience is like, like a rock. You aren't super affected by the negative, but you're also not very affected by the positive. Exactly. Whereas with your, when you are... And there's high, a tendency for gaslighting yourself right. and others. And if you're a more high plasticity person, you do have to really, like as we've been talking about, be very careful about the environments you put yourself in because you are susceptible. Mm -hmm. But in the right environments, you blossom spectacularly whereas resilient people don't yeah so We're talking dandelions and orchids it's the dandelions <laughs> and orchids for sure it's this book if you want to look into it but yeah the plasticity has the worst and the best outcomes whereas the resilient or dandelion people don't they're not really affected either way they are who they are which we need we need and is also really beautiful but I think it does a lot of harm, this resilient movement to a lot of people who just aren't that way. And it's like making them think they need to toughen up or be something other than their species, you know, their, yeah. their version of their If there's power. a word that I sort of kind of am okay with that would describe a little bit better for me is a regenerative. And that's what I was going to get to is like yeah. resilience in terms of understanding stress processes and how to recover yeah. and recuperate. Yeah. That's okay to me. Yeah. But to just 
learn to be a tough individual it doesn't work for everyone it works for some people beautifully and that and for beautiful. some maybe points in life you know some phases and some in life points, like just phases, sure i feel like resilience and often for me just is the same as the equivalent of like survival and it's like yeah. i'm not about just surviving and just toughening up and that's and, where it, like i wish the language would change a little bit around this instead yeah. of just Focusing so much on the word resilience and focusing a little bit more on stress process yeah, and how to recover from things rather than just be tough. Just yeah. be resilient. Just be tough. That's resilient. it. Just bounce back. Just okay? bounce Because that's back. what resilience is, is it means to bounce back. And I've thought about that too. Yeah. Like, again, that's why I don't love the word resilience um, because it's just, it seems like a returning to the same place rather than yeah and yes. you know like I would rather go through some sort of decomposition mm -hmm. death phase and just let it all fall apart and then regenerate out of nowhere basically you know and I, it's not about bouncing back it's about creating something totally different well and allowing the cycles and entropy to happen yeah. and chaos and yeah. I mean that's where this whole podcast started was the chaos chaos like yeah. And that that's birthing and like yeah. metamorphizing into something beautiful. It's a process, you know? Yeah. But I do like some people are naturally resilient and I'm not taking anything away from that. I just think that there's a whole massive category of people where it might be doing damage the way it's packaged. Mm -hmm. And I wish it would be packaged different because I do think the underlying message is about sort of like recovering. Yeah. But I wish it was packaged more around stress processes. Yeah. And even just <laughs> that. Well, and even just, now is that like the, the, etym, the etymology, etymologist of me? <laughs> what would I call that? I don't know what that would be called. Um, as I'm thinking of the word, word resilience, and I'm like, it's like a combination of the word resound and resonance with like brilliance, right? And I feel like what I wish we would talk about resilience as is more of this, just a vibration that's happening, right. you know, like rather than this toughness, mm -hmm. but that it has more of a, a vibrant essence to it, a, a vitality to it. Yeah. Um, that has cycles and spirals and yeah. song and sound and dynamics but I feel like the way we talk about resilience is this, like... Um, very masculine. It's very masculine. Or yang. I should say yang. I don't like to... Mm. I feel like yin and yang is a little less gendered, but... Um, yeah. It's a little bit more of that... I don't know. Yeah. Just linear, bright, tough... Well, it's this Clear. culture of positivity that we have. Positivity, yeah. Um, and rather than having this, uh, what's the word I love so much? Uh, I think the first time I came across it was in a Sharon Salzberg book. What did she call it? Um, oh, gosh. Uh, but she, she had a word for it, and it was brilliant. And I feel like, she, I don't think she came up with it, but it was just basically like cultivating diverse emotions mm. you know um yeah 
but and I feel like with this culture of positivity that we have and like again this pushing through and like but did you die you know like <laughs> like what's so wrong with dying that's what I want to say yeah. like maybe you should maybe you should die maybe yeah. you should let go and I feel like with that culture that but sh- but did you die it's definitely like related to this culture of fitness and toughness and, and pushing yourself and and it's this like oh you can go beyond the limitations of the mind or whatnot you know but I'm like I feel like the hardest thing for these people would be to sit still for a week right I feel like that would really <laughs> challenge but you know like can you sit still for a week can you do nothing can you not like ride and bike and climb right. and swim and all the things uh so this yeah this constant this resistance that people have to death and vulnerability is yeah insanity to me right and i feel like that's our that's our power right as humans and i feel like with all the myths that we have and it's you know it's it's the myth of eros it's the myth of even like a christian myth of jesus of like you know you have this divine figure coming down to be human mm-hmm. to experience death yeah because it's something that the gods cannot experience right you know and that's like eros and when he meets psyche the thing i love the 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 interpretations of the eros and psyche myth but the thing that makes eros fall in love with psyche is that he sees the grief in her eyes yeah the grief of being human right and so it's just like, I feel like we're so quick to throw away our vulnerability and our softness and the fact that we are so fucking fragile. Yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, we're just going to be resilient. We're going to push through. And, and, I, and as we're coming upon winter and this dark time so of year. So do you connect resilience with um, resisting... The deaths we all go through. Yeah, resilience, resisting, that's interesting. Yeah, Yeah. I do. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, absolutely. I think resilience, there is a resistance. Yeah, I feel like that's bringing us back to Scorpio, which is about, Mm -hmm. I mean, bringing up some of these myths, um, or even like going into like ISIS. And Mm. I mean, that is also the Jesus story, like the resurrection of... um, the soul yeah um this is the time of year about that death and rebirth about a resurrection about facing certain um hidden depths and potential magics in those deep hidden places uh That's reminding me too. It's just like yeah, this idea of like these, these the resurrection, these deaths, these powers, and all of a sudden it came to me just like something I've been thinking a lot about lately is passion and compassion. Yeah, and just like that, there's. I feel like this. I think we've talked about too during the Scorpio season in the past, like brought in the erotic. Yeah. And I feel like passion and eroticism yeah. and those things that just really what it comes down to me is like feeling. Yeah, emotion. Emotion. And and I feel like that is our superpower as humans. And when we are obsessed with being resilient, 
yeah and bouncing back to this place of positivity all the time that we we don't claim our full power in that no knowing that the the suffering and the pain and the letdown mm. and the shedding has its own power which brings me actually to um the vampire energy boom and resilience <laughs> yeah resilience and potential i mean i'm not saying every form of resilience might lead to vampirism but like energy sucking um god the the opposite to me of eroticism is pornography which is a lack of emotion with passion and it's very vampiric to me yeah of like and i just went to the dracula ballet And I was trying to very hard be like, this is of a certain time, putting myself in it. But then I read the program and it, this particular ballet was written in a modern time. And so then I got really frustrated with these archaic things happening because it was written in the modern time, it needed to be a little bit more self-aware and evolving. And so I was really disgusted. And re- like the sets, the dancing, this is a traveling national show that's like so amazing. And the storyline, I just couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> get over. And so like, I was just so disgusted by this ballet. <laughs> yeah. It should have been so beautiful. Yeah. And it completely didn't confront that pornographic thing. I was like, Dracula is like the inventor of like modern pornography to me. Oh, and that, the vampire. At least patriotic style too, because there is a male component to it. Um, You mean patriarchal? what did I say? Patriotic. Yes. <laughs> but I sorry. mean, they have the same ring. Thank word. you. Same thing. Same thing. <laughs> Woo. Um, <laughs> I just caught that. <laughs> just for my own sake, needed to clarify. Yes, that is okay. what I meant. Okay. <laughs> Little wine coming out there. Um, and I was just frustrated at this yeah. man that is taking the life out of these women and taking them as his brides. And he can, they, none of them can just fill him up. You know, he just has to keep sucking their life force. And what made it so much worse to me was there was a man sitting in front of us with a very young, stupid girl. And I'm sorry, I don't want to (laughs) like... There I it don't is. want to put any female down, <laughs> but she was not bright, and she was slutty, and he, she had left, you know, there were two different intermissions, because it was a three-act thing, and she had left during one of them to the restroom, and he was talking to his neighbors, who he clear like, I think he must have season tickets or something to the ballet, and talking to his neighbors, he's like whispering something about like well this one she's like mormon and she's really young so there are some things but like she's so hot and i 
Oh, damn. And he, and, but before this, and so it made me excited when we sat down, he was whispering to them, like, this is the favorite ballet I've ever seen in my life. And I'm so glad they brought it back because originally it had come in 2011. And so as this play was going on, I'm like, who is this guy? And then that exchange happened. And I'm like, of no wonder it's his favorite. This guy would connect so strongly with this ballet. And I want to stab you with a fork in your leg because I hate you. <laughs> Sorry. I'm I love, going off. I love the passion. But it made it so much worse to me that this guy was sitting there like clearly not respecting. I don't care about the age difference, but he was taking advantage of her. Yeah. He didn't respect her. She clearly had no respect for herself either. Which There's was a lack sad. of power there. There was a lack of power there, and he knew it, and he yeah. was taking advantage of it. Yeah. And it made me so sad and angry as I watched this yeah. metaphor in front of me. Yeah. Just in yeah. modern time. Oh my gosh! There's so many. There's so much <laughs> art like that. And it's really it was life yeah. imitating art in front yeah. of me to this yeah. story. But like, if it had been. An original story. I can put myself in that and be like, it is of a certain time, a story that captivated great. But it, this rendition of it wasn't an original and it was written in modern times and it made me so mad. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, I just had to vent about that no. guys, to everyone to the world. <laughs> I think though that's the reason a lot of us end up putting up these, these um, boundaries that end up blocking our power, right? Because it's so... Yeah. There's so many ways in our culture, man or woman, where our power is taken advantage of, where our hearts and our passions yeah. are really manipulated. And, and so it is that like learning what environments to put yourself in. And, you know, I'm thinking about girl and I'm like, I don't know, like, yeah, it could have been any one of us, yeah. you know, like at a certain point. Right. And, and, it could have been. And you hope this girl... But it also alert, you made know. me mad because I knew, having come from a Mormon background, yeah. I know probably, not everything, but I know probably some general things about her fears around sexuality and that was part of his gripe he didn't say it outright but I knew when he was complaining she didn't want to be a chewed up piece of gum if well, you know what I'm saying well he didn't know how far he could push her sexually is what I read from like how yeah. he was his intonation of what he was saying around her Mormonism yeah and the way he was groping her and I was like he was it my ex-husband no <laughs> so sad the whole thing yeah. made me really sad it's like, really sad and depressing um, I felt bad for her and I felt disgusted with him and she just had no she was in over her head obviously yeah and he was abusing that yeah anyway a naive person around the realm of sexuality and power and an older sophisticated Ballet man. <laughs> I don't know. It's not about the age difference at no. all. It's about a yeah. certain wisdom yeah. that can come with any age, but there was a very stark gap in their wisdoms. So, I mean, it's a, what do I want to say? And his corruptness around the resources there and yeah. her naivety about 
about her resources. Yeah. Well, I feel like in these patriarchal systems, what often happens to women is we become infantilized. Yeah. And that's something I've been thinking a lot about because I do have that Mormon background and just seeing that within myself for so long, like just that helplessness Mm -hmm. that you have. And it's just, you're just ripe for that sort of abuse, you Mm -hmm. know? And it comes out in all sorts of subtle ways and you feed into it. Um, Yeah. just very, it's a power dynamic that's, so disturbing and so real and crazy that it's still part of our modern Mm -hmm. society and I think though the sad thing is kind of backing up a little bit is that we end up combating it with these over over yang sort of ways going back to this like all right, I don't want to be taken advantage of so I'm going to be hyper tough Right. And it's like, hmm, that's... And also the capitalistic world we live in. Not that it has to be. I think there, you know, a lot of societies are functioning in very yang structures. Um, But to have respect... And I do think it, we actually talked about this in our pre-talk. We don't always actually stick to our pre-talk, but um, I do think it is a good step, and I'm glad it's happened, but it's only a small portion of what needs to happen around the feminine or the yin. Um, females are being allowed to act more masculine and be valued for their assertive, tough, Mm-hmm. qualities mm-hmm. but there's still such a lack of respect whatever gender you are if you identify more yin or female like there's still a lack of respect for the things and the gifts and the mysteries and the beauty that that holds and so much unpaid labor around it and like so much yeah um obliviousness yeah, I feel like in a way it's like it's so hard to even say like unpaid labor because I want to say to people like people don't even see it as labor. They no. see it as like a gift, maybe a service, maybe something nice to have. Yeah. It's a nice little decoration to have sure. in your life, you know. So it's just like all of these things in the esoteric. But there's realm also like a real and... resistance to diving into some of the more mysterious. intense crazy not crazy I don't use that word intuitive intuitive wild wild female things exactly there is like an acceptable expression of the yin it's still not valued I feel like the acceptable expected I feel like the acceptable expression of the yin are these peak experiences where people are going to like burning man and like (laughs) Having all sorts of psychedelic experiences, but there are these peak experiences which still align with a more yang way of experiencing mysticism and like esoteric things. And I'm like, 
what really what it comes down to is people not and valuing, it's performative too. yeah people are not valuing the more probably what people see as domestic ordinary like these are just day-to-day yeah normal ways that a lot of but us have more mystery to the day-to-day yeah and more depth and witchiness to that just mundane yeah life is like not smiled upon well and I call you know I like to call a lot of what I do in my day-to-day these little rituals that I have I call them ordinary rituals and I remember talking to a friend of mine who's had financially a very successful life and is invested in a lot of successful businesses and blah 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 and I remember telling him like once like I want to write a book about ordinary rituals and he shot it down so fast because it had that word ordinary right and like that isn't gonna sell and I was just like, oof. And yet, like, I'm just like, this is people spend thousands and up to millions of dollars for these peak experiences. And yeah. I'm like, it do, you don't have to do that. No, yeah. You don't have to do that to have these, these insights and this soul development that people are craving. Yeah. And it's a daily practice for sure. And that's what's not valued is the daily... Yeah domestic, mm-hmm. mundane, like... And yeah. thank God I have found a husband that gets that. <laughs> I feel like some people probably look at us and like, what does she do in your guys' relationship? But they have no idea behind the doors, the magic I weave, that he fully sees and respects. Yeah. But I think a lot of people are like, what is yeah, she fuck doing them, here? But... <laughs> you know? Um... But yeah, like I have absolutely woven magic into our lives and he sees it and he so values it. And there is a very healthy exchange there that most people don't understand at all. And are missing out on. And are missing out on, yes, I think so. Like I really think, I don't want to speak for my husband, but I feel like I have enriched his life in ways that are rare and amazing. Absolutely. (laughs) I think he knows it, you know? Yeah. And that's what, I don't know. I think that's the other part of the yin is you can't always, usually can't articulate it. Right. You can't explain it. You can't articulate it. it. You can't define it. It just is. And it's a feeling and it's, but he's well, like yeah. over the years more and more opened up to these very ordinary rituals we do that I mean I shouldn't say ordinary but not ordinary they've become ordinary they're they just are the, not yeah. ordinary <laughs> they're know? not well I wouldn't say they're they're not mainstream yeah but they are ordinary they're part of our domestic life and I feel like they're part of a nature-based, natural, that kind of ordinary. Where and it's I like, lead them, and yeah. I do things for us in this way, and he's in awe of it, and he's allowed more and more of it to enter into our daily, yeah. Well, that's what I'm lives. saying. Like, I feel like most people's lives in our culture and just the inertia of it, we're so disconnected from nature and those rhythms and I feel like the things that you have brought into your relationship are literally nature's rhythms yeah and in that sense they are ordinary as ordinary as the sun rising and the sun setting yeah and yet 
so powerful as the sun rising and the sun setting like yeah ordinary but holy shit and it's powerful and he calls me his witch and I I am his witch like (laughs) it's just I don't reveal a lot about our personal lives but I felt like that was important and also something to say about Scorpio and it can sometimes be a really terrifying energy to go through because it does sort of like make you face your darkest corners mm-hmm. um, <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah and it is witchy and there's a lot of death themes raveled in there mm-hmm. uh, woven in there <laughs> um, it to me is the most feminine season Mm. it's the quarter of the year autumn where it's more night than day and it is darkening and Mm. it's the only yin sign in the quarter Mm. and so it is like the epitome of the female energy to me Mm. and it's so misunderstood Mm. and it's so abused and it's so um I feel like so many people get it wrong. Yeah. And so many people, even Scorpios themselves, don't know how to express it correctly. And yeah. um, in this world, we just are so programmed to get ours. And that's not what Scorpio's made for, but that's what our society programs into us. So it gets really warped. Yeah. You know, it's like this capitalistic thing and Scorpio I you know it doesn't match but when it's used correctly that's to me why I feel like ultimately a healthy expression of Scorpio energy indicates that females who have a healthy Scorpio are the ones that should be um controlling the world's resources uh yes amen (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't think it's the man's realm, actually, to be over communal resources. Yeah, no. Mm -mm. But they are. Hmm. At least the yang energy is over it anyway. Right, the yang energy is over it. Yeah. Yeah, so. Hmm. Yeah. I feel like I've had so many rants on this episode. I'm really not this bitter, you guys, but I feel like all these like traumas are coming out of me. Like, I think it feels good. Okay. I think it feels really good. Uh, I, I mean, I think what that is, too. I think there's a lot of us who have these... We're not able to articulate our frustrations. Yeah. And... um yeah, so I think it's really, I don't know, it's nice when we can see each other doing that. Yeah. True. Um, anything else we need to, we should touch on? Oh, man. No, we've done a good job. I mean, I feel like we could go on and on. We could. We need it. You guys ready? <laughs> <laughs> we're making it two hours. No. A special two-hour episode. <laughs> No, I think we've. I especially have had my rants, and so <laughs> got it all out. Got it Lucky out. you that Thank you all you got to hear it, <laughs> listening and witnessing. 
what came out of me. I'm sure a lot of you are feeling the same, so I'm sure, I'm hoping it's a little bit validating. I love when someone rants, because it's always a little bit validating. Yeah, so, so I guess get your rant on this, like the courage, courage. back to the lion. I feel like that's it. Have because courage to roar. I actually, it out. that's been a personal one for me, is to just like trust my own feelings and sensibilities yeah. about things. Your, your true, yeah. pure power. Let yeah. it out. And roar. I'm there. Roar. 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 Who can even roar. say that word? It's a dumb word. Roar. Okay. That's where we're going to leave you guys. And done. See ya.